It's time now for Gina Gardner and Friends, the show that shares stories from inspiring people, from a wide range of expert guests, all focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Gina Gardner is a multiple number one international best-selling author, motivational speaker, business coach, and trainer. She's the founder of Genuinely You, and has over 30 years experience of helping people step into their genuine, authentic power, personally and professionally. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef. This is a world of possibilities. A world in which people who put their minds to something can really make a difference. My goal is to help the environment. Someday I'll find a cure for cancer. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, we believe that aspiring minds can achieve anything. So we dedicate ourselves to making sure everyone has an opportunity to go to college. Each year, we provide more than $150 billion in grants, loans, and work-study funds, making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life. I can go back to college. I can change careers. I can make a difference. Federal Student Aid, proud sponsor of the American Mind. Learn more about Money for College at studentaid.gov. And now, here's your host, Gina Gardner. Hello there, and welcome to my show, Gina Gardner and Friends. I have another great friend for you today, Mike Pagan. Mike Pagan is a very special man, and we're going to be talking today about mental wealth and how you can build support networks. But before we start on all of that, Mike, tell us a bit about your story and how have you come to be doing this? Because it isn't the first thing you were doing. Where no, that's true, true. Well, thank, thank you for having me. Um, I, my journey, uh, the, the, the quick, short version, I did a stint in the corporate world for many years in sales, marketing, hotels. Um, I then got accused of being the best salesman in the world because I managed to convince my wife, a baby, and a rucksack to move the other side of the world out to Australia, where we had several years out there. And then same wife, two children, small container ship, uh, came back to the UK, set up a business in an industry I had no proven track record without a, a database of people to go after. It took me six months to write my first invoice. Um, and that's 20 years ago, and it's led me all through to where I am now, which is speaking, coaching, uh, masterminding, and being generally challenging and provocative to the people I play with. And you do it so well. I, do, I like the word play. <laughs> uh, this is something that you'll, you'll notice this. Part of my world is I, I, I want to have more fun in everything I do, and the, the more often I do stuff like that, and, and we can engineer our work and our life patterns so that we've got the right people around us so that we can have more fun, then we're doing it right. You know, I couldn't agree with you more. I think we need more fun in our life. It's so easy to focus on the negative and that just leeches your energy, doesn't it? And leaves you unresourced. But when you laugh and you're having fun, then actually I think you are in a really good position uh, to access your resources. I have to say, uh, for those of you that are listening to this, that um, prior to this, uh, Mike was playing in an organisation where his daughter works. Just tell us, uh, just spend a couple of minutes telling uh, the, our listeners what you've just been up to. 
well, it's the normal thing in the middle of a working week. Um, to, for when your eldest daughter uh, works at a place called Go Ape, which is a high ropes course. So lots of ladders, lots of swinging things, lots of zip ropes and everything else. And she says, right, well, all of you, uh, we've got to do this before the summer because everybody's scattering in different directions. And uh, uh, so, yeah, so that, that was my morning today was uh, whizzing around. My, um, I'm not overly brilliant with heights. And uh, when you've got your legs trying to do the splits and you're 60 foot up in the air and your children are laughing at you and videoing you, uh, and then your wife's thinking, I really don't want to do this either. <laughs> it was it was good fun and uh, good for the soul. We've got uh, we'll have uh, next year's uh, family calendar will no doubt be spread across with lots of embarrassing pictures of us falling out of trees. But isn't it amazing doing something together? I bet there was lots of laughter and how okay. good that is for our mental wealth, um, our mental well-being. I just wanted before we get into the body of our conversation, you talk about mental wealth, where pretty well everybody else that I listen to talks about mental well-being. Why wealth? Great question. I like the way you worded that. Uh, simplicity, mental wealth is clearly a play on the language of mental health. But mental wealth is very much focused on when we have credit in our mental wealth bank accounts and we've got strength in there, then we are able to make braver decisions, we're able to uh, ride the rough times more effectively because we have brilliant people around us. Uh, and, and the issue that comes in is people are, are I believe, um, short on mental wealth when they're isolated. Uh, and I, I had the privilege over my career of working with professional elite athletes, uh, sportsmen and women, transitioning to their career after the sporting guillotine has come down. Yes. Uh, so yesterday they had 35 people keeping them on the pitch, on the track, in the pool, whatever the sport is. And today, once the guillotine's come down, none of those are fit for purpose for the way forward. So these people become incredibly isolated uh, and they're not sure who's there and they don't know who's going to be fit for purpose for their future. And, they, that, and so that becomes an issue. And the, the, the learning I got from that was, okay, it's, that's quite obvious when that's happening yeah you you were a football player you were a soccer player you were a rugby player whatever it is um however we all transition repeatedly throughout lives yeah uh, and and this i mean the classic example of this is the pandemic there are loads and loads of people who were good for us two or three years ago but the world has evolved the world has changed look at what we're doing through zoom and teams and all the other things nowadays that used to take travel around the world to, to make it happen. All, all of that has evolved. So there's a lot of people that used to be okay, but we now need the 2.0. We now need the evolved friendships, relationships, colleagues, supporters that are fit for the way forward in the new environment, not how it was when we were 18, when we were 25, when we were 35, whatever the age is. Yeah, I think you make a really important point that isolation can come um, within our lives at any time. And before we started the show, we were having a very brief conversation and talked about how often people don't recognize that what's going on is that they are isolated, either because they're so busy giving out to other people, but there's nobody covering their back. And I wonder what you could say to our listeners, 
A, in terms of how they can identify that isolation is an issue or avoid it in the first place or deal with it once they do recognise that they are isolated. Yep, I'm happy to. I mean, the, the key point, the key observation is, in, in my language, I always say isolation kills creativity and prevents decision making. If we're not making decisions, then we're not moving forward, which means we're accepting the status quo. And then in turn with that, that can then turn, take us into the negative loop, the negative spiral that leads us into poor mental health. Yes. When we start going in the wrong way. Uh, so that, that's why isolation is so important. So we, we need a very simple way of establishing who we've got in our team, who's truly got our back, yeah, our inner sanctum of key people. Uh, and what I do is I always ask people to just start making a list of names. This, so this is totally subjective, not scientific. So anybody sitting there with a PhD in whatever it is, and we say, hold on a second, no, we need, no, we don't. We don't need it. All we need to do is write down a list of names. And if, so listeners at the moment, just piece of paper, just start jotting down the names of the people that are in, in your network, in your support groups. They could be, I mean, my wife, I always tell the story, uh, at the, will have the dentist in there. Because if we're going on holiday, you, or they go on holiday, you can guarantee 36 hours after the holiday starts or just before, there's a tooth crisis. Um, it, and it, it, it and it's just she she has a major challenge. So he is in there, um, and it, so it's just writing down that list of names of of people that have in that support network. And then here's the subjective bit: score them on a scale of one to ten. One being a low score, ten being a high score. Don't overinflate the score for Bob because you think Bob might be offended if he only got a four instead of a seven or a nine or whatever. Nobody else is going to see these numbers. This is purely for you. And just, just write down those numbers. What the gut feel says that uh, Gina's a seven, Bob's a 12. Well, we can't really have a 12, So, but they're at the top end. Um, and Claire, well, she's definitely only a two. Uh, and Abdul, he's a six. Yeah, that's about right. And, and it just works there. And then, then the simple bit comes through. We work out what those scores mean. If somebody scored a one, two, or a three, they know you. That's it. They're an acquaintance. They're scoring fours and fives. They know you because of a reason. Could be sport, could be school, could be college, could be uh, church, whatever it is. But they know you for a reason. If you don't turn up for a while, they won't miss you, but they'll be very friendly the next time they see you. Your sixes and sevens can be some of your best friends that you've had for years, decades even. And they're great. However, you're not going to open up to the sixes and sevens with your inner fears, your financial concerns, your aspirations, your desires, your hunger, uh, basically the, the ability to be vulnerable and mentally and psychologically naked with them as to where you wanna go and what you wanna do. Those are your eight, nines and tens. And those are the ones that count. Everybody else is just part of your database. The ones that count are eight, nines and tens. This is something I really want to explore after the break. We've got to go to a short break now. If you're listening to this, then what I would suggest to you, start to think about those people that you can count on. And I love the idea of separating those people who are just in your life but are not close to you and those that you know that you can rely on and that you can be vulnerable with. So we'll be back in a minute and we'll continue to explore the theme. 
Chris Domine is a husband and a father. Chris is an athlete. Chris is even an Iron Man. But 10 years ago, Chris was facing a very different story because his kidneys were failing. Basically, the doctor said, if you don't get a kidney transplant and if you don't do dialysis, you, you are going to die. Fortunately, Chris received a second chance at life, made possible by an organ donor. You know, your well-being changes from loss of hope to hope to better times ahead. More than 100 million people in America are registered organ, eye, and tissue donors. People of every age and ethnicity because they believe it's the right thing to do. Imagine what you can make possible by leaving behind the gift of life. Learn more and sign up as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. Go to organdonor.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. With the timeless protection of ADT, it's safe to say... Hey, Google, unlock the front door. When you've helped save more lives than any other home security brand, it's safe to say there's a reason millions of people trust ADT to help protect what matters most. So welcome back. Before the break, Mike and I were talking about isolation and uh, Mike had a really simple strategy in terms of creating a list of the people that you can be vulnerable with, the eights, nines and tens, and those people who are just acquaintances and people that you meet in your life, or even people who've been friends, but actually are not the sort of friends that you would share your inner thoughts with. Mike, there must be lots of people who, when they've done that list, have been a bit taken aback at how few people they have in their life that they can feel safe to, to speak to. What would you say to those? Good. They now know. This is the point. Uh, the fact that, and I've, there's several uh, people who've literally come back with a score of zero. They have nobody that scored eight, nine, or 10. Because they spend their whole lives giving, supporting, helping, being available to. But at no point are they taking care of themselves, of the, the building the right people and investing in how that works. And that, and the reason why I say good is because today becomes a baseline. Yes. And once you've got a baseline, then we can work on that. We can build strategies, which is the whole work of building a mental wealth team uh, is built, intentionally recruiting people into that support network that are fit for purpose for the way forward. And it's, and it's knowing, so there, there will be a number of people uh, looking at this and saying, okay, well, to be fair, she's only a seven. Now, I'm not saying because somebody's only a seven, you have to dump them as a friend no. and move on. Uh, however, you need that person, but the 2.0, the next version of. So who is that version? How can we go out and recruit? And that's when you talk to other people that you're close to already and say, I really need somebody who's great at X, whether that be in the health, fitness, nutrition, or whatever it is for you, or in the professional sector, or all of these areas. We can then go out and intentionally recruit people that are going to fill that. And you start building with two or three, and then you get up to fives and sixes. And over a period of time, getting up to between eight and 15 people in your support network, this mental wealth team, is a brilliant number to have because they, they will ebb and flow, and they're not all on speed dial. You don't need them all all of the time, but it's just building that, that bank balance, that positive mental wealth bank balance of people 
that are going to ask better questions of you than you do of yourself and will give you different viewpoints and different lenses to look through, which will help you make braver decisions and have more fun. You know, it's really interesting that you, that you bring up that people will ask you better questions than you ask yourself. And I think that's one of the, the things that I would say distinguishes having people in your life who are just nod and say, well done, or, you know, that's okay. And people who will actually challenge you in a really constructive and loving and developmental way to say, Mike, really? This is not your best. This is not who you are. Um, I believe that that you have a greater capacity for whatever. Or, you know, you're doing too much. Now it's time for you to focus on self-care for you and having that relationship where it's safe for that person to share with you um, and to challenge you and for you to share with them. It's part, part of one of the things we, we always need to do and get better at is giving people permission to be blunt, rude and challenging. If we haven't given somebody permission to do that, we get offended, which is understandable if somebody's calling you out. You, you, nobody wants to be put on the spot. I mean, if you've just done something you thought was OK and they say, do you know what, Gina? I've, you're, you're better than that. What, what do you mean? I thought I was OK. Um, and it's so it's if you give them permission to do that, but then as a result of that, we we need to take action on what's been said, um, and we need to hear it because if we're not listening to it, then uh, what what's the point in that? We're, we're disrespecting their time, their viewpoints, their opinions, and their knowledge and support. I think it's so important that we as individuals don't make up the story the story that we're no good, we're, that people don't like us, that they're saying these things because they want to upset us. Rather, if you have given that person permission and you're spending time with that person and you value their opinion, that you take that on board. It, it's a follow on with that. There are certain people who you know full well irritate you when they give you feedback on something. And that's because it's a four or five or, or a six maybe giving you feedback, but you know in your heart of heart, I'd take it if he or she had said it, but you're saying it, I, I'm sorry, you're not part of my inner sanctum. You don't, you don't have the right to say that to me. I haven't given yes. you permission to do that. And it really rankles. Whereas there's, there's others where they turn around and say, you, Mike, you've just done that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and it's sort of, it's sort of like, you, you feel like a schoolboy again to go, sorry, Sorry, my bad. <laughs> yeah, really interesting discussion, which we're going to continue after another break. So please don't go away, but do start thinking about who's in your team and how often do you brush off uh, feedback because it's uncomfortable rather than listening to the real essence of that and how it might help you. So we'll be back after a short break. So what is love? Love is being independent. Love is dancing. A Shriners Hospital for Children. Love is a new smile. At Shriners Hospitals for Children, love is caring for a child, regardless of the family's ability to pay. Learn how you can send your love to the rescue at lovetotherescue.org. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. 
It paid for me to be the first person in my family to go to school and graduate debt-free. That education helped me get to the first day at my career, a job that I can still hold while I serve part-time. That job and the home loan benefits I got from my service helped me buy my first home. And I take pride knowing I will be the first to respond if my community ever needs me. To learn more, visit nationalguard.com. Welcome back. Mike, there's two things I'd like to explore in the time that we have left. And one is how in business, creating a culture of mental wealth can be so powerful in terms of the business doing well and your view about that. And the last thing that I'd like to um, to put into the mix is, do you have a, uh, do you see a difference between isolation and loneliness? Okay, I'll start the isolation and loneliness one first, because to me, that one's easier. Um, whether you're at the top of a multi-million dollar business with uh, thousands of employees, or you're a solopreneur working from the uh, armchair in, your, in, in, in the back room, uh, you can be isolated because knowing who you're talking to and who you're going to share challenges with, who you're going to ask for advice from, we are rubbish, or in general, we are very poor at asking for help because yeah. it's perceived to be a sign of weakness. And in that environment, the business environment, if we haven't got somebody that we can trust and focus in and work with, then we become isolated. Yeah. By contrast, loneliness is sitting there uh, wishing that you had more people around, more friends, other things to do. Um, and it, it, it's, it's, it's a very different beast. The isolation is where we find us, where we can change things, where we have the ability to recruit into that. Loneliness is how we feel when there's just nothing happening. The phone hasn't rung. Um, we, we sort of, and it, it could be because we're not making the effort or we've had an illness and we're just a bit shut off. Uh, I have a very elderly aunt at the moment who's uh, done very, very well, but sadly is, is, is in her final stages, final, final, final ones. Um, and she, she's not isolated, but she is feeling lonely. Yes. Um, and that's, and, and that's where the, the definition is understanding how can we sort of help and support people in the areas of loneliness, uh, being a different solution to isolation where we can recruit, engineer and support, uh, because then we start making the better decisions. That's great. I, th I just felt it was important to make that distinction because within, particularly within the business world, um, we are recognising that our capacity to deal with isolation and put things in place to avoid it can make such a difference in terms of business success. Absolutely. So the business success question was, when people have positive mental wealth, they feel more confident in their uh, decision-making process because we, we can assess, we can risk analysis, we can look at things. They feel more confident in their physical um, abilities because they're potentially healthier, fitness-wise, mentally, um, uh, nutritionally, diet, smoking, alcohol, whatever it is, all the vices. Uh, I'm not saying people with positive mental health don't drink and eat and, and smoke no, no. whatever else, but... They, they, they are in control of those areas because they've got good people challenging them. Uh, this this uh, whole thing about self-care, we need to know and look after number one. And if we're looking after number one, then that means to do the selfish things that make number one feel great. And if that sanctuary happens to be climbing a mountain, swimming a lake, uh, or just sitting in a corner, 
crocheting uh, your your favorite uh, uh, pattern. If that works for you, then great. It's knowing what we do to enable ourselves to reboot, rebuild, and and strengthen. We we get that. And and then the other area, though, then taking that further is masterminding and peer support, which I, I know you talk about yourself regularly. When we've got people that we are um, in that inner sanctum of I can ask them questions and hold them accountable to it. They're going to do the same for me. And it's all in confidence, uh, which means nothing goes out of the room. Then, again, we have got different people who are professionals asking us more questions and challenging and provoking. So when that all is all put together of self-care, of having coaching, having a professional network, and having mastermind and peer support groups, that 8 to 15 number that I gave you earlier becomes very easy to achieve yes and then we are definitely no longer isolated and we've got people who help us with decisions and we can debate risks and still make mistakes but because we've got these people around us we will bounce back more effectively rather than be stuck in a trough of doom and gloom because it's all gone wrong and there's nobody around to support I think there's no doubt that when you are within a, 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 an environment where you feel safe and supported, that it's easy to find resilience when things aren't going quite to plan. When you are feeling isolated, it, it's very easy to lose that momentum and feel that, that what's the point? And it becomes a loop. And it's yeah. breaking out of that loop is so difficult. When we get ill, I mean, I, I, I know you've had your health challenge and you said yourself you had COVID and you were wiped out for six or seven weeks. And there would have been times in there where you're just in that vortex of when will it go away? <laughs> this, this is meant to be a five day horrible flu, hopefully no worse. And, uh, and it's there. It's, but if you've got people around supporting, helping, uh, energizing, putting things to you, then, oh, OK, we're not isolated. We're feeling stronger. And as we physically get stronger, then we can rebuild. Thanks very much. Where can people find you if they'd like to work with you or they'd like to know more? Uh, the, the easiest way is mikepagan.com. And that's P-A-G-A-N, uh, not the anti-religion. It's just a surname. Uh, or go straight through to LinkedIn. Uh, I, I, I do quite a lot of link on LinkedIn. You'll find me through on the channels there. Uh, if you do reach out to me on LinkedIn, please send me a message and say that it was you were listening to me and Gina chatting, uh, then that would be great because at least I'll know where you've hooked up from and I can sort of, uh, remember what I was saying here so that we can chat better and more effectively then. That's fantastic, thank you. Now, every guest that comes on the show, we invite them to choose a project from B1G1. We're very pleased to be a member of B1G1. It's a great business model. You can stand out. Um, from other businesses by giving and they make it very easy. Our projects this uh, this month are um, clean water, education, reforesting in environments that have been completely denuded of trees um, within rainforest areas and the fourth one is uh, supporting children's charities in the Ukraine. Which of those four would you like us to donate to on your... I, I categorically would, could, would support all four. Uh, however, you, you want one, which means I'm on the spot. My heart is obviously talking, thinking Ukraine. However, the one you started off with, which is clean water, being a water babe myself, 
anything to make sure we have clean water, some of the nonsense pollution and everything else going on there, um, and, and how that can be built and developed, uh, the more that we can create clean water, because that suddenly uh, grows the crops to feed the families. It, it's, it's the starting market for so many areas. Well, we should be donating on your behalf. And just lastly, in the last couple of minutes, you've talked about having more fun, more joy in your life. So what wisdom are you going to leave people with around fun? Around fun, when, when you have the right people in this support network, the mental wealth team, as I call it, you can choose who you want to play with. And you can go and do a high ropes course in the middle of the week with family or friends. It's it's by surrounding yourselves by good people who will stimulate and challenge you more. And then the, the, the flip side of that as well, though, is the challenge I'd leave uh, to every, all of you listening uh, is to pick up the phone. If your gut feel is I haven't spoken to somebody, um, I don't know why, just hasn't for the last week, two weeks, two months, whatever it is, uh, and your gut feel is saying maybe I could, maybe I should, been great to talk to you, Mike. Thank you very much for joining me. And thank you very much for listening. Do please spread the word about the show. Uh, for every 100 people who, um, who listen to the show, we give a free meal through B1G1. If you'd like to talk to me uh, and uh, have any questions about the show or have any particular themes that you'd like us to, uh, to uh, cover, then email me at gina at genuinely-you.com. Take care, and we'll see you in the next show. Bye-bye now. Thanks for listening to Gina Gardner and Friends, the show that helps you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. To learn more about Gina Gardner, go to genuinely-u.com. If you would like to work with Gina or book her as a speaker, email her at gina at genuinely-u.com.